0: Scored a goal every time he's had a shot. What's going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the 50 plus one football podcast, your home for all things Premier League and Bundesliga. I'm Billy. And as always, I'm joined by a man as German as eating sausage in tight leather shorts. It's Lewis.
1: You couldn't resist an Oktoberfest joke right, uh, right in season, could you? It was just too good, wasn't it? It's
0: topical. I thought I'd go with it. I love it. I love it.
1: Well, today, we have got a host of topics for you today that is a little bit more, I'd say, departing from match day topics. And we go a little bit more in depth into some of the things that happen on the sidelines, if you will. We will have a look at players and social media, ex-players as well as current players, and how, well, they don't seem to write their own tweets, now do they? Um, Then we'll also have a look at the apologies on social media. I'm not going to lie. I don't buy half of them. If that, I don't think Billy does either. Um, And then we'll have a look at poor attitude players. You must all have heard of some of them. I mean, most recently and the most known player probably on that list, James Rodriguez. But we've got a couple of others not going to lie. It's a, it's not just the Hamas Rodriguez bashing. And then we'll have a look at Rose's comeback to Gladbach. And as Billy said, he wasn't glad to be back.
0: Hey, I'm but proud without
1: of further ado, God. yes, Bill.
0: I'm proud of it.
1: I'll give you that one, even though it is the dad joke of the year, but I'll give it
0: to you. Thanks. Should we start with uh, Twitter?
1: Yes, please, because Twitter is something of a, of a love-hate relationship for you, isn't it, Bill?
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's, not, it's not so much of an issue. It's Sometimes things will just come up. I'm and they'll start, trigger you. Don't, don't, don't lie. They'll trigger you. It doesn't trigger me. It's just quite funny because <laughs> I'm going to start with Peter Shilton. And people that don't know who Peter Shilton is, if you're of a, of a German persuasion, Uh, He's the goalkeeper involved in the Hand of God incident against Argentina with Diego Maradona and then spent the rest of the man's life claiming that he wasn't a very good player. And even the day after he died, he went on Good Morning Britain and claimed it wasn't a good... like he was never a good player. I mean,
1: that's that's just a level of saltiness that, you know, I don't think I... I wouldn't even be able to achieve that. And I'm still salty about Bayern versus Real Madrid 2017. <laughs> okay. The salt of that man.
0: So I'll tell you the replies to this tweet after I've read the tweet. Because <laughs> he's, oh, he's just, are just read good. him
1: out. Just read him out, won't you?
0: Okay. So he's put, so he's, his account's clearly run by his wife. And whether she's meant to tweet from her own account, but she's put, Happy birthday to my wonderful husband at Peter Shilton, who I absolutely adore, and that's tweeted from the account at Peter Shilton.
1: Well, that's just a tad bit awkward.
0: We've all done that. I've uploaded a picture of Sergio Aguero scoring a last-minute winner onto my personal Instagram account instead of the AT Sports one. And swiftly, well, that, that's not afterwards.
1: that's not what any, any anyone wants to see on the Manchester United fans' Insta account.
0: And uh, all the all the uh, the replies to the tweet. Are various forms of Diego Maradona's hand of God <laughs> to every single tweet. So, <laughs> sending tweets to yourself now, how Tory? The other one that I think everyone's familiar with is Victor Anichebe when he was playing for Sunderland. Now, this is just as bad because it's come from a it's clearly come from like a management team or an agent, and they've sent they've sent him a message. You know, can you tweet something like unbelievable support yesterday? great effort by the lads hard results to take but we go again so instead of taking it you know taking the the message from it (laughs) victor and it should be copied the entire message he got from somebody and just tweeted it so the tweet starts with can you tweet something like no
1: my man's been found out it's (laughs) Jesus christ i mean i'm not gonna lie that's so that is in such stark contrast to what you then find in the bundesliga where freaking Walt Weichhorst posts conspiracy theories about COVID on his personal Instagram account. Like, I'm sorry, there is no way that a management team started posting the cons- conspiracy theories that that man believes in.
0: Okay, we spoke about this right at the start of COVID, didn't we, when we first started this?
1: Yeah, we said he was a great player, and then he just dicked that over by by obviously showing the world that he doesn't have two brain cells to rub together in his In his head, because he's questioning the he's questioning the very existence of COVID, or at least that that's unfair. He he questioned the vaccines and their effectiveness. And I mean, by and large, kind of implied that they were like a government uh, control theory or whatever. It, It was I mean, at the end of the day, bullshit. No, no other way to say it.
0: And uh, the third one and the last one I've got of tweets not coming from who they're supposed to on Monday uh, week of recording, Marcus Rashford tweeted, happy Monday. I go to the doctor on Friday for a consultation All being well, I will get the green to join in with contact training again. And his management team, DN may sports management tweeted light in uh, brackets. I suppose I was so happy to tell everybody I missed a word deleted it and not Two minutes later, posted it from Rashford's account, and everyone's laying into him for it. And it's yeah, but why? Well, that's the thing people have too much time on their hands, clearly, because Rashford is training, uh, he's in rehab for his injury, and he's trying to feed everyone's kids.
1: I don't get it. Like, yeah, I mean, exactly. Have the men not done enough? Like, it's, is it not so about their course conspiracy people.
0: tweets? What? It's not about their cost's conspiracy tweets, but
1: well. I mean, as entertaining as those are, no, they're
0: not. So sticking with Twitter quickly, probably the last couple of seasons. And I, I don't know whether they do it in Germany as much, but there's been a, a load of it recently where players all or like Fernandez, missed the penalty against Aston Villa Lingard uh, gave the ball away to young boys just when they won in the last minute. Yeah. And the, 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 socials for the clubs they make it out like like the players just shot somebody (laughs) yeah i
1: mean it's it's all a little dramatic but it's it's going in line with how dramatic some people's fans are uh, because if we're being honest some people some of the united fans reactions after fernandez skied that penalty was as if he had shot someone that's the that's the the long and short of it
0: it is the long and short of it and if you want an honest opinion i think the people that React like that are people that don't really pay attention to to the games, they don't watch the games, they just jump on the bandwagon.
1: Yeah, I mean they really don't they really shouldn't have a voice, but it's because of those people that pre-cut apologies are you know made or they're put out on social media. I mean, in all honesty, I highly doubt that though any of those apologies that come out on Twitter are genuine because. Let's be real. They're probably just doing it because they want to make it because of a PR stunt. Like in all honesty, if a guy scores a penalty, yeah, he feels like he's let the team down and everything. But come on, man, you don't have to go to social media to go and post about it. And then it just kind of seems disingenuous.
0: See, if you wanted an honest opinion, I think any uh, fan that thinks that he owes anyone an apology wants their head check in.
1: Yeah, I mean, granted that we haven't even gone into that side of the whole deal.
0: So so he so Fernandez put out I will come back stronger for me because these are the standards I hold myself to, but most of all my teammates and our fans, right? Okay, you missed a one penalty out of like 14 odd for United. I'm I was a, about to say he's put them away pretty damn consistently. And then most of the United team have put some form of comment on that. And someone summed it up perfectly. <laughs> they put this is the equivalent of a girl posting a store posting a picture from the night before and all our mates sat next to her commenting going oh you're so amazing jealous like how how good do you look type thing like they're clearly yeah. all just sat around the breakfast table or something like that
1: and you're all basically on the phone watching each other like post the reaction to this yeah i mean you're
0: not wrong it's like oh uh can i talk to you after training i noticed that you didn't uh, comment on my apology tweet
1: yeah i'm sorry <laughs> jesus christ no, I I think I think a lot of the stuff like a lot of the stuff is just PR and it's really, really hard to tell how genuine some of these guys are because it's like the Bruno Fernandez one probably. But if it's like an apology because, I don't know, they they, they they haven't got their temper in check and during a match they then shouted some obscenity and then they had to, you know, apologize for it. Like that that stuff is just all PR and it's like, do they really mean it? Like they might as well just keep the apology. It's, it's kind of just like, it's like, meh, oh, I really don't care.
0: That's the thing, though. I think you've got to accept as a a fan that 99% of elite level sports people don't run their own socials.
1: Yeah, I mean, they probably have their own social media accounts that they, you know, their private ones that they they only have their closest friends on. And then they just post, you know, random stuff whenever they can on there or whenever they feel like it. And then they've got, you know, the management team running the official one.
0: Well, there we go. Let's leave the world of Twitter. Yes, please. Funnily
1: enough, in Germany, Twitter is not that big. I was going to say, a lot of them don't have it. Exactly. Like try to like tag LinkedIn them in tweets reason.
0: and that it's like do you not have any form of insta is the main one i've noticed for, for footballers yeah, in yeah. general a lot of them leave twitter alone now
1: yeah because in all honesty twitter is definitely or i wouldn't say twitter is used as much as instagram i think at this point twitter is all is going is slowly slipping into the same obscurity as facebook because not like you ask anyone on this planet you know, Instagram. do you have an Insta account? They'll probably say yes. A good deal of them will probably say no if you ask them about a Twitter account.
0: Well, at this point, I use Twitter for transfer rumors, as you know. And Big fab. So, you know, when the windows closed, there's well, very little on there for me.
1: Exactly. And I was about to say the same memes crop up on instagram
0: anyway so what's the point i might as well s- sign up when the windows Yeah,
1: exactly <laughs> i mean honestly i don't i don't use twitter i mean there were there were those instances where i'm pretty sure i downloaded it at some point during uh during uni and then i'll go through the i'll go through the dms every now and then and i'll see you sent me some some like some meme on there and it's about f- it's about five weeks or six weeks ago I was gonna it, like, say is that why that you
0: is that why you ignore me on that
1: I I don't ignore you on there per se I just don't ever check Twitter it's not it's not even a fact of ignoring someone it's just like I don't use the app whatsoever
0: okay I'll, I'll I'll let you off for that one
1: I mean it's the same reason you know it's like I'm pretty sure I had like I had Snapchat way longer than I probably needed it and I mean I deleted it at some point because I realized it was just it is just BS and like it really don't need it
0: well on the subject of things you really don't need
1: <laughs> oh i love that segue that is a that is a solid one not bad not bad my friend
0: <laughs> thank you very much shall we talk players with shit attitudes
1: oh yes please and we'll save the best for last on this one because i really need to talk about Mikel couzance this little shit because there's no other way to describe him. I mean, he's just gone and injured Sven Ulreich for six to eight weeks with an injury to his uh, in, to the inner ligament uh, in his right knee, I believe. It's definitely a li- knee ligament injury. But I mean, the little shit has done that. And then he also injured Masa Zavitsa, given it was a, it was, I think it was a wrist injury or whatever, but still he's literally, he's not like how awkward must the guy feel in the dressing room? Because everyone knows he's not good enough for Bayern. He's probably not good enough for a lot of clubs in the Bundesliga. And you know, he's still, he's still there because one, he's got a contract Two, he's making money that he probably wouldn't make anywhere else on this planet and three he was bought when no one understood what the hell good he was supposed to do for for the Bayern team and now he just injures players and thinks he's way better than he actually is I don't get it
0: <laughs> it's just like, who goes that hard in training to stamp on the goalkeeper's knee and kick someone in the arm that's not
1: going hard in training that's just plain stupid
0: I don't understand it and there's all those reports of like Union Nagelsmann taking him aside and having a chat no need just like suspend him or fine him or ship him out alone again. I
1: mean, there at this point, no one even wants to loan him out because. He flopped so hard on loan with Olympic Marseille. And now Bayern are just sitting there like, why the fuck did we give him such a long contract? And then everyone looks at Zali Hamidzic and Zali Hamidzic is like, oh, I thought he was a good player. Like, I'm sorry. He was pissed off because he didn't get the playing time he wanted at the time. I think it was under Marco Rosa, funnily enough. But he didn't get the playing time he wanted when he, when he was at Gladbach. Because, you know, when he was at Gladbach, he was 18. And he, then he burst onto the scene and... He had a couple of good games for Gladbach. And then he thought that those, those few little good games entitled him or made him an immediate starter. And he was then wondering why he wasn't playing so well or no, why he wasn't playing the season afterwards. And then at the end of that season, he was like, do you know what? I've had enough of this. I am going to strike my way to a different club. And for some stupid reason, Zali
0: Hamachev was like, oh, I know. I'm going to buy him for 10 mil. It, well, <clears throat> beyond I think, words. I think I've got a reason. So he was bought oh, in the summer of 2019. Me. So we're, that's Niko Kovac's only summer. Yeah. And in that summer, you got Coutinho and Ivan Perisic on loan.
1: Which was not bad.
0: Like you spent, what was it? 80 million euros, with Lucas Hernandez. Yeah.
1: He wasn't able to, you know, completely repay his investment right um, off the bat. But and since then, then, not bad.
0: Then you went on a spree of signing really obscure players. So you signed, the... was it? Ugh, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this. F- F- fit Arp,
1: Jan Fita Arp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
0: Fita Arp, uh,
1: Saprit Singh. Uh, don't even ask me about Saprit Singh. I don't know what the hell a New Zealand player is supposed to bring to that team. He is literally useless.
0: Uh, Michael Cuisance, uh, Liam Morrison from Celtic and Benjamin Pavard from relegated Stuttgart. And since then you've had, what, two managers. So it strikes me very much as he's a a victim of being uh, a previous manager's player when the previous manager didn't last very
1: long. I don't even know if he was a previous manager's player in all honesty. I think he was just the victim of being a player that the sporting director wanted to force on the manager and a player that no one really understood why he was even close to, you know, the Bayern starting 11. No one even knows why he, why he's in that club, let alone in that team. He spent a lot of time, you know, between the reserves and the first team as well. Like, he's just kind of always moving to between those teams. But he's just got such a shit attitude because he literally just thinks he is way better than he is. Like, think of someone who thinks he's Iniesta but has, you know, the the skill level of, I don't know, Who's a really shitty center mid?
0: Mikel Crucos.
1: Yeah, that's a problem. I would just name himself. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I know, I know what you mean though. He plays. No, he, with, put it this way: he thinks he's of, innocent. He's got the. He's
1: got. He's got less skill than Dozy.
0: Yeah, his his he's, uh skills don't match his ego.
1: Exactly, and that's just the main problem, and that's why he needs out of that club.
0: Yeah, because you're not going to beat Goretzka or even Tolisso to anything, are you, really?
1: He's not even, he's nowhere near Tolisso's level. And Tolisso's spent more time injured than he has done playing while at Bayern.
0: Well, there we go. Should we talk about another player who's like constantly uh, lauded as being fantastic? And I honestly can't understand the hype.
1: Let's Let's talk James Rodriguez. The guy who had one good World Cup and then everyone thought because he had one good World Cup that he would, magically become this phenomenal player. It's the same. It's what we talked about. It's like, you know, you don't want a player who after the Euros or who blew up during the Euros, then all of a sudden moves to some top team. That's just not what should happen.
0: So he's left Everton to join Al Ryan SC. Well,
1: he's gone for the payday, hasn't he?
0: Well, yeah. So in his goodbye message, he said his goal is always to win. So he's joined the club. Without a win in the last nine games, it's, it's his fourth club in four years. So he was at Bayern 2018 19, Real Madrid back at Real Madrid 19 20, 2021, 20, Everton, and 21 22, Al Ryan. And normally it would be like before it was okay, well, he's like Carlo Ancelotti's like son, he never he, had type he follows thing. him. Yeah, he follows Carlo Ancelotti around like a shadow. <laughs> But yeah, but the
1: problem is now he's, now he's realized that Ancelotti can't use him at Real Madrid. And that's saying something because that Real Madrid team is a shadow of what it once was. And James Rodriguez still can't get a look in.
0: I, that's the thing. He's been slammed everywhere he's been. So uh, he's been slammed by people, uh, former Colombia players. He's been slammed by Lothar Mateus when he was at Bayern. Uh, he's yeah. been slammed by numerous people at uh, Real Madrid. like He's been called a spoiled little boy and i think the, the peak of it all came i said this when you first signed if you if people for some reason want to go back and listen to last year's uh transfer episode i think it is well uh, one, go
1: on people give us a couple more clicks
0: they help uh, we have they really do we have rent to pay
1: yeah exactly
0: <laughs> uh, and i said yeah okay it's going well now but there was a, i think was it the game against they played burnley or someone and it didn't go his way. And he had a like a bitch fit in the middle of the pitch.
1: Yeah, the minute it, do- it starts going a little bit downhill, it is game over.
0: And then he went live on Twitch and uh, openly admitted he didn't know who Everton were playing the next day. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's a little bit suspect. Just a tad bit which even from a a club PR perspective is an absolute nightmare. Let alone what it does to a fan-player relationship.
1: Well, I'm pretty sure every Everton fan after that was uh, not going to have anything nice to say about Mr. Rodriguez.
0: I'm quite uh, happy it's it's ended out this way because he was living off the back of that World Cup 2014. Let's be honest. More specifically, that one goal.
1: I was going to say, that got in the Puskas Award. It's, I'm sorry... But it's like it was like a phenomenon. It was like the phenomenon of uh, Renato Sanchez. Like he's, you know, he has this. He's a, he's the next golden boy. Then he has an amazing Euros. Moves to Bayern for thirty five mil. Way too early. Flops. And now, you know, he had a good season with Lille. But you know, it's Lille, and he's in the French league. Like he's not in the top five league. Well, I say he's not in the top five league? He is, but you know, let's be honest. French League is a farmer's league through and through.
0: And that little team has been picked apart, so he's going to have to like massively step up.
1: I was about to say, he's going to have to carry, and he's still too young for that.
0: Oh, it's crazy, but that's that was not because of his attitude. I think that was just a lot thrust on him too early. Whereas Hamas Rodriguez, yeah. I believe, did he not go to Monaco first? No, he was at Monaco. He left Porto to go to Monaco in 2013-14. So yeah, he was there for a season, basically. And then left Monaco in the in the summer of twenty fourteen after the World Cup went to Madrid.
1: It's also a classic Real Madrid move is to take this player who hasn't really proven themselves over a strong period of time and just go. How much did they pay for him? Didn't they pay something stupid like eighty mil?
0: Ninety million euros. What? The 23-year-old Colombia forward, not really a forward, is a midfielder, has agreed a six-year deal at the Bernabeu. The total fee, including add-ons, is €90 million, euros, which is 71 great British pounds.
1: That is un-fucking-believable.
0: And at that time when they signed him, Real Madrid had three of the top four most expensive players behind Bale, Ronaldo, and Suarez. Jesus. And of those six years at Real Madrid, he spent two of them on loan at Bayern. So, you know, <laughs> it went well. Oh, so well. But then again, that's they also bought Isco as well around that time, didn't they, Real Madrid? So they sort of yeah, oversaturated like their option and won countless Champions Leagues at, at Bayern's expense. We don't talk about this. Oh, I came across that video the other day. Uh, I was going through my memories. Oh, no. <laughs> I know exactly it's just a video. <laughs> i am zo- just zoomed in. You've got your head in your hands. You look absolutely crestfallen. It's the best video ever. Fuck you.
1: <laughs> it's so it good. It still hurts. You were,
0: you were so robbed of that game as well. Oh, we so were. It tur- oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Before you have a crisis, let's talk Marco Rose.
1: Well... It didn't really go for go for him, did it? It's just it just was a shit show. Yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, the injuries to Haaland and Royce didn't help, but you'd like to think that Dortmund would have enough about them to beat a struggling Gladbach side.
1: You'd think, but you know, that might not be the turnaround for Gladbach, if we're being honest. I mean, it's just a little bit depressing because well, if if we're being honest, that Dortmund only lost one nil and actually had a couple of chances to equalize, even though they were down to 10 men was pretty, pretty good. And they were missing, you know, their two talisman with Highland and Royce. But I want to touch on the red card because that's just, stu- that's just unbelievable by the referee. Homo said it himself. He was like in the, in the post-match interview, he was like, yeah, you know, I, I had to talk with him. You know, I told him you can't, you can't pull that. And then they showed in the replays of how dude got the red, got the second yellow. And, humus just completely changes his argument he was like oh you gotta be kidding me well now i've seen that you know on the one hand yes you can't give the referee a platform to basically give you a yellow for dissent but he only he only like he only says like nah that's bs and then you know you you know the, the the typical the typical arm throw when you're not when a player isn't uh, happy with a referee's decision, he only does that twice, and then he gets booked for dissent. It's a very, very soft red.
0: That's that's the thing. It's not even like yeah, because w- it, w- it there was no uh, was it for the foul? Was it for the reaction? Like, it took a. Yeah, good, that's the thing.
1: The foul wasn't yellow while. worthy. The reaction wasn't yellow worthy. No one knew why the kid was getting a yellow,
0: and it took a good while for for the red to come out. It's almost like he forgot he would booked him and took the yellow card out, and then went oh sh- shit. I've booked him already, (laughs) because normally you see that, and that's normally uh, okay. Like, that's your last one anymore. And yeah, Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, and it wasn't even, it, it wasn't even
1: a reaction that warranted that. And he still got booked for it.
0: Oh no, you see books every week, like players kick the ball away or, uh, yeah, exactly. Tell the referee you're a fucking idiot. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly, and th- and
1: the weirdest thing is this is a referee we like who's probably the second best referee that you've got in German football after Manuel Griffe. You know, Dennis Aitakin. He's like he's refed European Championship games, he's ref Champions League games, he's ref mo- on the world stage multiple times, and he gives a yellow for that. That is just unreal. And I can understand Dortmund's players' frustrations with that decision.
0: Yeah, I. I think it's more a case of I don't think it was so much the reaction. I think it was more the case he probably forgot he'd already booked him.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think he would have given a given a second yellow if he had realized that he he already was on one. Because that's like that is just so soft, you know. And it also alters the, um, the the flow of a whole game.
0: Well, I mean. The goal itself is typical Dortmund. Yeah. Like it was just defensively an absolute n- nightmare.
1: I mean, they're not without reason one of the worst defensive teams this season and definitely the, the worst in the top half of the table, or at least the top, I'm sorry, the top half, the top third, you know, the, the top five places in the table. They by far have the worst defense.
0: Oh, God, yeah. So that only Hertha with 18, Bochum with 13. Goethe-Fertz, with 16, have conceded more goals than Dortmund's 12. Stuttgart have also conceded 12. So that's not a record that's going to win you. Well, I say that because last year, what was it? Bayern conceded, what, 46 or something? But they conceded scored, 44 goals and 34
1: matches. But scored 99. Yeah, but, th- I mean... Yeah, okay. I I see why we can't just start saying you know it's it's not gonna work out because it did work out last season. Like that was literally Bayern's motto: just score more than you concede. It'll be fine. And Dortmund doing that is just, mm. I feel like you're playing with fire a little bit because as we saw, you know, the minute Haaland and Royce aren't there, that's basically your guarantee for goals is gone.
0: Well, Marco Royce was back against Sporting. But Haaland's still out. I mean, Daniel Marlon scored against Sporting Lisbon and they really need him to start scoring in the league. I was about
1: to say, I think Marlon's still in that phase where he's still coming to grips with everything. So he might take a bit.
0: Let's talk Marco Rose quickly, though, because this is a man that uh, Gladbach fans, when when he left, they were like, oh, you know, we would have built a statue for you. Yeah, and, I think and the now way he's just gone, the, there was
1: a discussion coming up again and again if he shouldn't have just been fired by Gladbach's management when that's going story behind broke. their
0: backs and agreeing the deal beforehand.
1: I think, I think it probably would have been the smartest thing as a uh, as Gladbach, as the Gladbach board of the directors to just have gone and said, you know what, that's it.
0: Yeah, but. Um, it's, it's all right saying that, but there's one thing you're forgetting and a lot of people don't consider is you've got to then pay them if you sack them.
1: Well, yeah, you. Ha- I mean, you have to pay them. But on the other hand as well, I think the very, very big, th- the very big reason that they don't sack them as quickly in those situations is because, you know, who would you have gotten in for that for those, I don't know, four or five months?
0: Well, he started that massive managerial merry-go-round, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he did. So
0: he went to Dortmund. Adi Hütter went to Gladbach.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, was it Oliver Glasner took over at,
1: at Frankfurt? Frankfurt.
0: Yeah. Marco van Basten took over at Wolfsburg. Not van
1: Basten, van Bommel.
0: Van Bommel. Why did I say van, van Basten's a racist? We don't like Marco van Basten.
1: No, we don't. Van Bommel, on the other hand was Bayern's last cap- last non-German captain.
0: Seriously?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, when I say last non-German captain, I mean the last non-German captain who was, you know, regularly captain.
0: Oh, yeah, well, so club captain. Yeah. Who was it before Manuel Neuer? Philipp Lahm. Oh, yeah, Philipp Lahm. See, they retire for a few seasons and you completely forget they existed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's not completely true. Uh, nah, just kidding. Schweinsteiger left before Philipp Lahm did. Love that yeah. man. yeah, yeah love that moment, that was the worst it? that was literally the worst move he could have ever made was going to united
0: i was buzzing when we signed Bastion. Schweinsteiger. Like, he scored an overhead kick against wigan in the fa cup that's good enough for me <laughs> <laughs> i don't know uh, with marco rose because on paper that dortmund team even with 10 men should have won quite comfortably
1: especially given when given what gladbach have produced in the first few games this season you know they were definitely like Against Bayern they seem to be at the races and they almost they almost beat Bayern and they definitely fair they definitely deserved a point in that match at the end of the day. But then after that they just couldn't capitalize on that momentum and then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse.
0: I don't know. I think Dortmund's problem is the same as Bayern. I think it's their squad depth.
1: In the sense that they don't have any other
0: <clears throat> Yeah, because the only real player of any quality on their bench on Saturday it was Torgan Hazard. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, Renier came on for Donnyal Marlin. Nico Schultz came on for Guerrero. Uh, Azard came on for Mariam Pongrasic. Uh, Ansgar Knauf came on for Yusuf Mokoko, and Marius Fuller came on for Thomas year... Munier. So a
1: nineteen-year-old coming on for a sixteen-year-old, Jesus.
0: And yeah, having ten men doesn't help, but
1: yeah, no, it's, I I get what you mean. It should have been. It should have been so much more. Or you, they should have at least gotten a point out of it.
0: I mean, Jan Zoma made some pretty good saves, but I mean, other than that,
1: yeah, nah, they should have. They should have definitely done better. But you know, like like you said, it's just that case of you know they concede so many, and then they just try and score more than they concede, and it's caught up to them because now they've conceded and they didn't manage to score.
0: Mm, it's that thing of, of, I mean, of course they rely on Haaland's goals. I mean, buying. Yeah, okay, would...
1: but which team would? not
0: Exactly, Bayern rely on Lewandowski's goals. the only difference slightly is that more players chip in with goals for Bayern than they do at Dortmund at the moment. And that's that's not necessarily a slight on the manager, but you can imagine being a being Marco Rose and he would have so wanted to win that game in front of his old fans as well.
1: Yeah, he would have, but I mean he definitely did not get a warm reception there. And he hated by so many gutwell fans because he should have like he should have at least waited till the summer with that announcement and then it's just such a backstabbing move
0: i don't know uh just one i mean Bayern have scored 23 goals in six bundesliga games
1: that's a record for any new manager in the bundesliga in his his or her first six games
0: yeah sorry i was just scrolling through some notes i'd made i I remember we hadn't actually spoken about that
1: yeah it's 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 quite phenomenal, and I mean, here, here I was still saying that you and gonna flop flat on his back. But you know, we still have a season to see to finish and see what happens during said season. I wouldn't be ready to throw the towel in just yet on that bet.
0: I it's difficult with buying because you you win the league again, you'll definitely win the league again. Wolfsburg won't keep it up, and no one else really looks like troubling you
1: yeah the dot would love to see themselves in that bit in that main hunter role but if we're being honest they've come so so far off that
0: at this point please please don't hate me for what i'm about to say but i think Bayern are in danger of becoming a german psg in the sense that any manager or any team success is measured purely on Their ability to win the Champions League.
1: Uh, If you're saying that's going to that's what's going to happen, it already has happened. That's why Pep Guardiola counts as a failed manager at Bayern because he couldn't win a Champions League title. So I mean, it's it's definitely on the cards. And I mean, I think the reason that it won't completely be like PSG is because the Bundesliga just has stronger other teams.
0: But the fact you weren't allowed to go and spend 500 million in a window.
1: No, nah, they I mean Bayern have always been smart with their finances. They don't have a sugar daddy as uh, as our good old lecturer Paul Brewster would say.
0: Ex-Jockey turned sports business lecturer, Messer Paul Brewster.
1: You love to see it.
0: I just wanted to get your opinion on something because I've I've given you specifically a hell of a lot of stick for the fact that Bayern just go and sign all the league's best players.
1: Okay, but how is, how is that any different from what Dortmund do?
0: Let me finish, if you will. Yes, please. Uh, Florian Wetz, youngest okay. player to reach 10 Bundesliga goals.
1: And he beat none other than Lukas Podolski. For that record. What
0: do we do? Three more windows before he ends up at Bayern to replace Thomas Müller. Why do you need Florian Wirtz when you have Jamal Musiala? Yeah, but come on, it's one of the Bundesliga's best youngsters.
1: Yeah, but you've got Jamal Musiala who already now is performing at the highest level. Give it a give him a couple more a uh, couple more years and see who comes knocking for him on the during the transfer window. I'm telling you,
0: true. I'm still surprised surprised that no one moved for Florian Neuhaus either.
1: I think the hype's kind of died around him. And if I'm being honest, I can't remember the last time he performed so well that he was actually, you know, the standout performance. You know, at this point, he's just come, he's just kind of really drifted into obscurity. He'll probably come up again because he's got a 40 million release clause. But...
0: I mean, that's still pretty cheap for a player that can do what he can do.
1: Yeah, it is. But, you know, at the end of the day, I would still say that his season this year is not going as well as last season, not by a long shot.
0: That's true. Well, we will get your take on that if you want to. I'll tell you what, we'll put a post up of Florian Verts after this goes out, and we want you to let us know where you think he'll end up. Will he stay at Leverkusen? Will he move to Bayern?
1: I guarantee you, if he keeps going on like this, he's not staying at Leverkusen for long.
0: Or will it be another Kai Havertz situation, and will he move to the Premier League? ooh kind of struggle for a year everyone doubt his ability and then scores the winning goal in a champions league final
1: i mean if you wanted to silence the haters in a in a better way you won't find it
0: i hate chelsea but i love kai havertz for that
1: oh yeah yeah that's the thing you can't you can't you can't dispute the brilliance of that but yeah i think it's pretty much a given That Wilts is not going to finish his career by a Leverkusen, or at least, you know, he's not going to perform a one-man, one club show. Definitely not. But I guess that's something you esteemed listeners will have to watch out for in the coming weeks. And, you know, without further ado, I'd say don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to all, all of our social channels on social media that is Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at AT Sports News. Also, don't forget to check out Google, Apple, and Spotify podcasts. We are always posting the latest stuff on there. And then, of course, check out our earlier content. As Billy said, there are some fun little snippets in there, and they always link in so well with our newest episodes. So make sure to give those a look um we also love that you know if you guys give those a look we also get a click and as billy said we gotta pay rent bro gotta pay rant um but that's all from us this week guys thank you very much for listening keep calm love the beautiful game